0: Call somebody I'm back baby oh.
1: What, 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 Can lord Four out of five top Hollywood movie stars use Moment 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 Of clarity
0: ah, Baby, baby, baby Oh, it's your man Stefan D You, not Stefan Lee I'm Stefan G. <laughs> You're tuning into another eclectic episode of I Moment you said D,
1: Stefan D. I
0: don't. I said something. I didn't say. <laughs> I didn't say G. I know that much. Maybe I'm evolving as a person. I don't get it. You don't think I'm evolving as a person? Well, Obama oh, I mean, evolved. Why can't I evolve? Oh jeez.
1: <laughs> don't get me started, man.
0: <laughs> There's so many people out there that are evolving. I want to evolve evolution anyway moment of clarity stefan g right here on the promised life network and uh i had an interesting morning so it kind of threw me off track for what i originally planned to talk about some people on facebook got me hyped up you know i had to shut them down shut them shut them down and uh now i'm here go on no i can't tell the whole story I guess I could, but
1: That was about why.
0: <laughs> well, I had posted something on Facebook, and long story short, short, I got a scripture cherry picker on my post. Somebody who decided they wanted oh, those to cherry, fun. yeah, somebody who decided they wanted to cherry pick scriptures and and throw them in there and see and and make it a comparison about everybody's sin, you know, because I posted something that was like, oh my god, look at this! I can't believe somebody did this, and all of a sudden it was, you know. You should pay attention to the beam in your eye and start worrying about the speck in your brother's eye. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not going to.
1: Yeah, you re- you realize you're not allowed to comment if you've ever sinned. You're not allowed to comment on anything ever that's wrong. Yeah. you didn't
0: know that. Well, I did, but you know, <laughs> I just don't care because <laughs> if that's, I mean, with, especially with all the sin that I have, I've got an inordinate amount of sin. You know, so I would never. I I wouldn't even be able to speak. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would have to be a mute.
1: Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to teach your daughter if she sins. Well, you can't teach her the right thing because yeah. you're no, a sinner. You I'm a know. sinner,
0: so I can't correct her. Yeah, no, you uh-uh, know, no, I can't, you know, lead her down the right path because I've done the wrong path before. So I have no right exactly. to tell her yep. the right way to go. If when I was her age, I didn't do it the right way. Yep. If when I was 11, I did things wrong, I have no right to tell her. <laughs> <laughs> How to be an 11 year old. That's basically the premise of the theory. You yep, know what I mean? Yep. And people run with that, though. they That's what they do. Yeah. Your cousins, your friends, your, your family members.
1: What? <laughs> My family? Are you, yeah, why are you Christ- talking to me personally? Yeah, you
0: personally. Those are Christians. Those are your family members. Those are your cousins.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, it's only well, I your shall
1: fault. rebuke them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to.
1: <laughs> who said
0: I had sin oh that's right I forgot you're faultless and blameless <laughs> Yeah. now that I think about it I don't have sin either my sins have been forgiven I'm that's done that's a good point. I don't have any sin I am white as snow I am faultless <laughs> and blameless before the throne of God so I can say whatever <laughs> I want to You should respond to that person. (laughs) I think I might throw that in there. Just say when
1: he says throw the first stone and say, I don't have any sin. (laughs) I can throw that stone.
0: Hand me the rocks. (laughs) (laughs) What are we throwing? (laughs) Absolutely. Anyway, so I figured I would talk about, um, there's a couple of uh, things rolling around in my head. And so I wanted to kind of talk about. We were talking um, about our expectations of God in a couple of the previous podcasts. and So I kind of wanted to roll off of that because I've gotten a lot of people who have who have inquired about that um, and talked to me about that. So, and if you would like to ever speak to me, you know, one-on-one directly, you can always get me on Facebook, Facebook.com slash TheStefanG, Uh, You can always get me on Twitter, at G. You can, I mean, I'm really everywhere, so. You can always find And
1: it. remember, it's not just Stefan G. It's the, the yeah. Stefan G. It
0: is. It's the Stefan G. Because I used to have a unique name. And then all of a sudden, all of these Stevens didn't want to be Steven anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm serious. It got, I was so ticked off. When I was a kid, my name was extraordinarily unique. And everybody else was Steven, and I was Stefan. And then all of a sudden, these Stevens don't want to be Steven anymore. They
1: got to be cool.
0: Yeah, they got to be cool. So it's a bunch of Stephens and Stephones, <laughs> and they all spell it wrong. Like, it's always S-T-E-F-F-O-N or some right, just weird spelling. Anyway, <laughs> wanted to talk a little bit today about um, just basically what we expect God to do. I hear and I see and I read and I talk to people on, I am I got my ear to the ground for you guys. I just want you to know that I got my ear to the grindstone. I'm always listening to what's floating around out there. And I'm always hearing people talk about what God is going to do. I, like seriously, like if there was one summary capsulation of what I always hear, I always hear people talk about what God is going to do. Like, either in the text of God is going to do something miraculous in your life or God is going to do something amazing in your life or God is going to turn your life around for the better or God is going to bless you or, you know, a lot of your blessing is right around the corner kind of things. And I, I want to kind of talk about that because they really used to tick me off when I used to go to a specific type of church. I won't say what kind of church it is just in case some of y'all are still there, but really used to tick me off. No, I'm not going to say it. I heard you. I'm not going to say it. I'm not talking to you, Mike. I'm talking to people listening. I'm not going to say it because I want those people to, those kind of people, if they're in that kind of church, they have to find their own way out. They're not going to listen to anybody else. Trust me, I was there. They're not going to listen to you. Their pastor knows best, and so I'm going to leave them there, and they're going to slowly be enlightened by whatever God brings their way. I hear a lot of people talking about what God is going to do and the reason that ticks me off is because nine times out of 10, he's not going to do any of that stuff. I'm just going to be blatantly honest with you guys. Nine times, I mean literally nine times out of 10. I'm not saying that as a cliche statement, go nine times out of 10. No, I mean literally 90% of the time, he's not going to do any of that. He's not going to turn your life around. He's not. He's not going to bless you right around the corner. He's not. Then nine times out of 10, what God is going to do is allow you to make choices for your life. That's what he's going to do. Sometimes you're going to make good choices and sometimes you're going to make not so good choices. And sometimes you're going to make outrageously awful choices and he is going to take care of you, but not in the sense that people think he is God. How can I say this? If you believe God is going to get you that job, then you might be thinking about God the wrong way. If you believe that God is going to get you that job, then you might be thinking about God the wrong way. Maybe you're going to get the job because of your experience and your education and your qualifications. Or maybe you're going to get the job because it was the 467th job that you applied to and you finally matched up with somebody. Or maybe you're going to get the job because your friend recommended you for the job and you've got an inside track there. Or maybe you're going to get the job just because they're so desperate to hire somebody for the job. There's a lot of different reasons that you can get the job. But if you really believe you're going to get the job because God's going to make sure you get the job, you might be thinking about God the wrong way. And the reason I say that is because, and I reference this to people all the time, Jesus came to earth. He did a whole lot of stuff. And then he died on the cross. I'm not going to go through everything he did because he did a bunch of stuff, but he did a whole bunch of stuff. And then he died on the cross when he died on the cross. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you probably heard this before. When he died on the cross, he said three very powerful and impactful words. And they are three words that I think we overlook so much because we don't really understand what he meant when he said it. And I don't know this is what he meant because I haven't had a chance to sit down with him in heaven and, you know, have the conversation that I really want to have. <laughs> that That's going to be a good one. But my interpretation of when he said these three words is very different than other people's interpretations. He said the three words, it is finished. Those are the three words he said. It is finished. It was one of the last things, if not the last thing he said while he was on the cross. I want to say it was the last thing, but I'm not absolutely positive. So I'm not going to say it, but I know it was one of them. And when he said it is finished, a lot of people took it as meaning his time on earth, the things that he was set out to do is finished. But they're thinking about it in the abstract of just Jesus, the man. When I look at it is finished, I think about it in the concrete of Jesus, the God man, the man as God, the God as man. Right. And when he said it is finished, I truly believe he meant he's done. And I hate to say it with such brash and bravado, but I truly think he meant it's finished. I've come to earth. I have done everything I needed to do. I have given you the example I have taught you, I have showed you, I have told you, I have imparted uh, wisdom, knowledge, intelligence into 12 specific people who are to now carry it out throughout the world and teach more and tell more and impart more. And after all that, I'm done for all eternity. Not just I'm done right now. I'm done for all eternity. That means anything else that you think God is going to do for you, he's going to look at you and say, it is finished. And the reason I, I, and a lot of you guys might not really, it might hurt, not really hurt. What's the word I'm looking for? Might be a little of a tussle, a, some tension in trying to wrap your mind around that. But the reason I say that is because he specifically told us he is giving us power, Authority and ability those are three things he told us that he gave us he's given us power over all the power of the enemy He's given us authority over this particular environment the dominion of earth He's given us the authority of earth and he's given us the ability to do what he did He told us many times. Well, not many times. He told us one time greater works than these shall you do greater works than these shall you do and We've done a lot of great works, but he's told us in the midst of his entire time on earth, he told us many times, I'm showing you the way. I'm telling you how to do it. I'm being the example. I'm teaching you. I'm giving, I'm not even just teaching you, I'm giving riddles to you, you know, that you can chew on for a little while that would bring even greater revelation at a later time in life. years Years and years and years and years and years and years and years after I'm gone. And so, We, I think, kind of put too much weight on God's shoulders when it's up to us. And I think a lot of us don't realize that, yes, I think a lot of people realize, yes, we are in control of our lives. We have the power of choice. But I don't think people realize how in control of their life they really are. I don't think people realize how in control of their life they really are. We have a magnificent amount of power over our lives and our situation. I mean, a magnificent amount of power. He's given it to us. Even if you're not, uh, he's given us the power to speak things into existence. And a lot of people use that out of context. Yes, they think that they're just going to declare something and it's going to magically appear. But that's not what it means. When you're speaking something into existence, you're really, I mean, it's really akin to positive affirmation hearing something long enough, seeing something long enough that you begin to fall into alignment with what you're seeing and hearing. And that's a, that's really the concept of the entire Bible is that you're reading the Bible and you're hearing these words on such a consistent basis and in such a, a manner of depth that you begin to fall in alignment with what you're hearing. You begin to fall in alignment with what you're reading. And you can do the same thing When you're speaking things into existence, if you're declaring that you're going to be a CEO of some company one day, right, then you really begin to speak that into existence, really begin to speak that and declare that after a while, you're going to start to look at the things that it takes to become a CEO. And if that's really what you want to do, you're going to start to fall into alignment with doing those things that it takes to become a CEO. But you have to continually feed yourself that thing. And you're going to find out that eventually, at some point in time, you're going to be like, ah, I really need to go get my master's, my MBA. And then after you get your MBA, you're like, ah, maybe I need to get a PhD in, you know, I don't know, organizational management or something like that, you know? And then, you know, you're going to want to, yeah, I know. And you're going to want to get this job at this particular place that's going to allow you to work your way up and it's going to allow you to do the things that it's going to take for you to do to become a CEO. Or maybe you'll just start your own business and just call yourself CEO that's my plan (laughs) but at some point in time if you're feeding yourself that thing you're going to fall into alignment with it and I don't think many of us understand the power that we wield within ourselves the power that God has placed inside of us to move mountains like if you think about it we can literally as a society right now move mountains if we want to we've We've put holes through many mountains and made tunnels and, and roads around them. We can move a mountain if we really wanted to. It might take us some time, it takes some effort, it takes some money, but if we wanted to move a mountain, we could move a mountain. But I think we take so much time and speak thinking in abstract and thinking in the mysticism of God and thinking that everything that He does is so magical when the truth is, He's already told you, He's given you the power to do. He's given you the power to accomplish to achieve to become so on and so forth and I don't think we understand the power that we have and I know we don't use the power that we have in the way that we should moment of clarity Stefan G got to take a break be back in a second daily easy to compromise Moment of Clarity, your man Stefan G. right here. And we're talking about, I don't even know really what we're talking about. I guess we're talking about expectations of God. Um, and I and am I really want to impress upon everybody who's listening the true power that we have within ourselves to make things happen. And it's really more of a conviction of the mind than it is a conviction of the spirit. I think too many people rely on the conviction of the spirit, right? I think too many people feel like if I pray hard enough and, and if I read enough Bible and if I donate enough money and if I'm nice to enough people and if I, you know, help enough charities and if I don't lust after that woman and if I don't tell any lies and if I don't, you know, curse, then God's going to bless me. And, and, I don't necessarily know that that's how it works. I don't necessarily know that that's how it works. Specifically because because those things can be considered sin. And the Bible tells us all the time that we are sinners and none are without sin. And so you're not going to be without those things. Yes, you can grow to a place where you don't sin in the same way that you used to but it doesn't mean that you're going to grow to a place where you are completely without sin. That's a very, I mean, I think once you get to that place, you're kind of going to be in heaven. You know, if you get to the place where you have no sin, then it's time for God to scoop you up. It's time to go. And so God's given us a lot of power within ourselves to change things, to make things, to create things, to be things, to move things, to affect things. And I don't think we use it properly because we're stuck on God's going to do it. We're stuck on the pastor telling us that God's going to do it. Isn't he good? He's going to do it. While it's very possible that God's looking at you like, no, you're going to do it. If you want to get it done, you need to do it. I'm going to sit here and see how you utilize all of the gifts and talents and abilities that I've placed in you. Because he's given each of us specific talents, specific gifts, specific abilities, and he's put placed those in us so that we can use them to do whatever it is that we're supposed to be doing. And I think we get so caught up on what God's going to do. Let me tell you what God's going to do. Here's some promises that God gives us in the New Testament. God's going to make sure you have salvation. He promised salvation to all who believe in his son. He promised that all things will work out together for your good eventually, which to me means at the end of the day, you're going to go to heaven. I, I really believe that's what that statement means. I, we can use it for our right now situation and helps to make us feel better that whatever we're going through right now is eventually going to be okay. But maybe we're just lowering our standards of what okay is sometimes because we want to feel like it's eventually okay.
1: Well, I was going to say in a way Things should never be completely okay in this life. Exactly. Because we're aliens to this world now. We are members of the kingdom of heaven. So if things are okay, completely okay in this life, something wrong. We should Mm -hmm. be always somewhat uncomfortable with the world.
0: Right. Because if once we become comfortable, completely comfortable with the world, then we're not only in the world, we're of the world. Yeah, exactly. So he promised us that all things would work out for our good eventually. He promised comfort in our trials. So when we go through hard stuff, he'll be there to give us comfort to that. Not just him, his word will be there to give us comfort, to give us solace. He promised us a new life in Christ because salvation is the beginning of a brand new existence. He promised every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, that's up for wild interpretation (laughs) of what a spiritual blessing actually actually is. He promised to finish the work that he started in us. And he promised us peace when we pray. And he promised he would supply our needs. Those are the promises. He didn't promise you that you would succeed. He didn't promise you that you would become. He didn't promise you that you would, you know, anything else. These are his promises. And there are more. There's a lot more, actually. But all of this wild, successful I'm going to make it. I'm going to be the one, start my own business. I'm going to be a CEO, start my own ministry. I'm the one that can do it. You know, all of this, that's that's not part of his promise. That's not part of his promise. Unless he's spoken to you specifically and given you that promise specifically in your personal time with him, you can't bank on it. Now, granted, he might have given you some of those promises in your personal time with him, but those are Promises that you have to be accountable for because first of all, you have to be accountable for whether you really heard him or whether you just told yourself what you wanted to hear. But we can't put so much of the responsibility on Christ because Christ said it is finished. And I believe anything he does in earth or on earth, anything he does on earth in the present day is a miracle. And if you haven't got received a miracle, then I wouldn't put that responsibility on him. The responsibility is on you. The responsibility is on you. The responsibility is on you. Now, if you want to give him credit because OUC gave you an extra week to pay your light bill when you didn't deserve it, by all means, give him the credit. By all means, give him the credit. Could be that the person that you were talking to in the customer service line was just having an extra good day, felt like doing something good for you, but whatever. Give him the credit. So he put that person there, right? But to put the responsibility of your life's achievements and accomplishments on Christ's shoulders, completely wrong. What he said was he would supply your needs. He would supply your needs. And he tells us what those needs are too. He tells us what they are. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And I've always had to ask myself the question, you know, and this was I hated. OK, so I really hated it because for a period of time in my life, this was my like life scripture, right? It was the scripture that in my prayer time, I felt like God was telling me this is the scripture I want you to live by. Oh, it drove me crazy. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And he was like, I, I'm telling you, in my prayer time, I felt like he was like, nothing in your life's gonna succeed unless you live by this scripture. You gotta seek me first. Everything else, you know, and there's some people that can, he, there's some people that can get away with, you know, not necessarily seeking him first all the time. He told me, If you want to be successful, you got to seek me first. If you want to do anything that you feel like you are purposed to do in life, you're not going to do any of it without me at all. Seek you first. And I was like, ugh. And that was when I was still locked up in the God's going to do it lifestyle too. That was when I still thought that my blessing was right around the corner, that big, giant, long corner that I never seemed to be able to get around. But yeah, seek ye first the kingdom of God, all his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. And so the question then becomes, what are these things? What are these things? Well, if you read the entirety of that scripture, he tells you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, about your body, what you will wear. Life is not more than, is life not more than food and body more than clothes? Then he talks about the birds of the air and how they don't sow or reap, blah, blah, blah. Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why worry about your clothes? Flowers in the field grow, blah, 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 blah. And so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Those are the three things (laughs) that he is gonna supply. Those are the needs. When the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all this righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Those are the things Food, drink, clothing. That's it. That's it. It doesn't say anything else in this scripture. What about
1: a hot girl, no?
0: Nope, no, no. hot girls. Dang it. No successful marriages. No successful companies. Well, but a lot of money, right? Nope, no money. No. Absolutely not. Dang it. Food, drink, clothing. That's it. That's what. And people take this scripture and they use it for their hot. I'm going to get a hot wife. I'm gonna have a successful marriage. I'm gonna have a successful business. I'm gonna have a successful career. I'm gonna have smart children. I'm gonna have well-behaved children. I'm gonna have a big house. I'm gonna no. It doesn't even say house. It just says clothes. Doesn't even say house. Doesn't even say it. The scripture doesn't say. But where shall we live? Doesn't say that at all. Just says what you're gonna wear, eat, drink, clothing. That's it. And so when you're thinking about the physical material things that god has promised to give you there they are <laughs> right there food drink clothing and the best part is he's already provided all of, all three of those things right because let's take ourselves out of our industrialized society right Food roams all over the place. There's food running all through the woods. There's food running all across the yard and across the pastures. There's food everywhere. There's deer. There's buffalo. There's cow. There's bison. There's food everywhere.
1: Well, and don't forget, you know, plants. We exactly. You can grow it.
0: <laughs> you can grow it. So if you've ever been hungry, you can grow tomatoes. You can grow fruit. You can grow corn. You can grow wheat. You can. Food is everywhere. Check. First one checked off. Done. Drink. Water all over the place. There's water all over the place. There's lakes and streams and rain and check. Drink. What shall we wear? Didn't you just kill that cow? Skin that bad boy. Put it on. There's your clothing. Check. Done. Each one of those required you to do something. It wasn't just handed to you. It wasn't just spoon fed to you. It wasn't just He's gonna give me food, so I'm gonna sit back and wait for him to give me food. No. He is giving you the opportunity to get food. You don't have to worry about saying, what shall we eat? Because there's food roaming all around the pasture. If people can go to naked and afraid and survive in the, you know, in the desert and out in the the, I don't know, serengeti and out in the In the Amazon for 21 days, eating snakes and fish and crickets, that's still food. They find a way to take some palm tree leaves and weave themselves some bras and underwear, that's still clothing. But we look too much to the mysticism of Christ as if he's going to magically make things appear in our lives, and it's just not the way it is. He is giving us everything we need to succeed. It is finished. It's what he said. He said it's finished. We need to take him at his word and we need to look inside ourselves and find what are the gifts that he given that he's given us? What are the talents that he's given us? What are the things that he's placed inside of me that I can use to attain these things that I'm looking to attain for myself? Because most of those things are selfish desires. You know, there's a few of you that want a big house so that you can make sure you can give people homes, but that ain't most of y'all. Most of y'all want a big house because you want a big house, not so that you can put people in it that don't have a place to live. Most of y'all want a nice car because you want a nice car, not so that you can take people back and forth to work who have no transportation. And so most of these desires, and I'm not saying that's wrong. If you want a nice car, have a nice car. I ain't got no problem with that. I'm just identifying that most of these are selfish desires. And so if they're selfish desires, if they're desires for us, then it's up to us to figure out how to attain them. It's not up to God to give us what we want on our own just because we want it. That's a responsibility that if you keep putting that on him, you're going to find yourself disappointed on a regular, regular basis. And there is nothing more detrimental to your relationship with Christ than being disappointed that he hasn't given you something that you expected out of him. Because it's very hard to tear yourself away from the idea that he was supposed to do this. Trust me, I know I was in that for years. I was in a place for years where I expected God to take care of me because that's what they told me he would do when I was in that church. That's what they told me he would do. They said, God's going to take care of you. So I expected him to take care of me. I didn't expect him to expect me to take care of myself. I expected him to take care of me. And we just we don't we don't put the responsibility on ourselves enough. And you know why? Because when we put the responsibility on ourselves, then we have to accept the failure. We have to accept the fact that we might not have achieved what we thought we should have achieved. But if we put the responsibility on God, it's easy to say God didn't do it. And it's easy to say, because it wasn't meant for me, he didn't do it. And it's easy to say, oh, I guess this was a door that wasn't supposed to be open and all those other cliches that we use. Take the responsibility away from him. Let him be finished and go out there and take control of your life and take authority over your life and use the power that he has given you. To make a difference in this world. Moment of clarity, Stefan G. Check me out on Facebook, check me out on Twitter. Go to iTunes, leave me a review. You know, give me five stars, man. Go on iTunes and give me five stars. For every show, just bang, 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 bang. Five stars for every show. Hit the heart button. You like the show. Go to Stitcher and do the same thing. Catch you guys next time. These cats on the block, they got swagger on the corner, they I